0: Look, guys, I really tried to do a Godfather impression, but it just wasn't working. So, <laughs> this episode is sponsored by a lack of impressions. Hello and welcome back to the Bargain Bin Movie Podcast where this week we finally watched one of the best movies of all time. Oh my gosh, I'm not actually that excited about it. I'm recording this before. <laughs> yeah, this is a great way to start a podcast, right? I'm not really that excited about it. I recorded the actual meat of this episode before all of this, and I was kind of tired, and I don't really want to do it again, so I'm going to leave it there. Uh, there's a little bit behind the scenes. Um, it's been brought to my attention in through listening to other podcasts, that you should probably talk about things that you want to promote in the beginning of the episode. Therefore, I am here to tell you that I'm trying to put together a Princess Bride episode. (laughs) And uh, I talked about this before, but if you would like to be a part of it, you just record yourself answering three questions. Uh, You tell me about your first like the first time you ever saw princess bride your experience with it did you watch it with your family did you watch it with your friends did you somehow see it in the theater i don't know if we have anyone here uh listening old enough to have seen it in the theater um and if you're like my age and you somehow saw it in the theater like on a on a re-release i'm extremely jealous of you please tell me about that but uh that's the first question what was your first experience with princess bride second question deliver your favorite line with your best impression of the character you know the impression is actually just for extra points but uh i love impressions so if you want to do impression with your favorite quote i will love you forever and extra brownie points uh and it could even be a whole scene you know just be creative with it um so first tell me your first experience with princess bride uh, ooh, inside jokes. I wrote down inside jokes here. If you got any inside jokes with the people you first saw it with, that'd be amazing. Uh, so first experience, and then favorite quote, or even the whole scene, and then give me the third thing. Give me a trivia question. Uh, nothing behind the scenes. Uh, not nothing crazy and outlandish like uh, names, places, quotes, plot points, that type of thing. But again, you know, uh, up to your discretion. If you stump me, you stump me. That's that it's not a big deal. Like um the way we were trying to do it before, uh, I mentioned this in the last podcast, it wasn't really working because my questions even though I felt like they were uh kind of middle of the ground middle of the road type of questions were actually like really deep cuts and nobody else was getting them and everyone else like felt really bad about it. But if I feel bad on my show, who cares? Like I, I'm like it's 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 not a big deal. So if you stump me, great, but try to do something that'll be a challenge, but maybe that I have a chance of getting. All right. So if you want to be uh, a part of that, I have the Google drive link that you can upload the thing to on my Twitter on at bargain bin movie pod on Twitter. So that's all for that. <sighs> so the Godfather, um, this is a really long movie. And it's, I don't even know who the main character is. The way that this is, it's kind of structured is, would have kind of sunk any other movie. So it's its kind of stumping me as far as how, how do I even approach talking about this movie? It's kind of like, it's like a slice of life for this family. And... Uh, you know normally when people say slice of life it's like oh you know it's a slice of life in Tuscany and uh look at all the amazing things that we do and it's you know it's cheesy and weird and stupid but i mean like this is uh a very like an honest look as if you had just you know popped in uh, at the at the beginning of in in this wedding right the i believe the first scene is just the Corleone family, and uh, the the daughter is getting married. And so you pop in there, and a lot of it is just kind of like set up an exposition, but not really, because you're really just like a fly on the wall in the daily life of the Corleone family. And from there, you follow the shift in power from Vito Corleone to Michael Corleone, and you see uh, Michael's kind of demise his downfall and his descent into evil and it's 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 a very like like I said who is the main character I don't really know who the main character is but that's sort of the arc of the of the story um Michael has basically the only arc I mean Vito kind of declines in health but doesn't really change as a person he sort of stays the same until, uh, yeah, the end of the movie. But this, the the Godfather starts out with a bang. You know, there's, it's that it's the scene that is parodied in so many other things, and it was just parodied in Zootopia last year. You know, you <laughs> now I'm gonna try to do do the impression. Like that's that's my favorite part of the movie where he's just like, you yeah, you sold me. A rug made from the butt of a skunk you sold me a skunk butt rug <laughs> that's my favorite part of the entire movie and it's so this it's this iconic scene that's parodied in other things, and it starts off right in the beginning of the movie uh so I thought that was pretty cool um also there's it starts out with a wedding and ends with a death and uh spoiler alert for this whole movie it it's like the guy that's getting married and uh, so it's this new beginning for him and then it ends with him being strangled by the guy who kills a bunch of people in this in this movie you know uh, family members he assassinates two different family members in this in the godfather it's ridiculous it's the same guy it's like a, a big fat uncle and that was really weird but um yeah. So and then that. So that's like a, a kind of a subplot. Uh, the marriage that starts the movie off and how it's abusive. And is that the same one? It. It's very. It was very hard for me to kind of keep everybody straight in my head. uh, just because there are so many characters, and a lot of them are like young, angry white men. And so it's. I don't know. It, it got difficult. Michael Michael stands out. Vito stands out. Uh, Robert Duvall's character stands out, even though I don't know his name. Uh, the okay, the okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about specific scenes then. The the scene where like there's this guy that um, the family is trying to muscle into giving one of their own a a a part in like a movie. And so the way that they do that is, he, Robert Duvall goes up to him and and you know and he does that thing where you know I'm gonna give him I'm wait I'm gonna make him an offer he cannot refuse and I probably butchered that too but uh that's what he does and but he refuses the the other guy refuses and so Robert Duvall or maybe one of the henchmen cuts off the head. Of the horse that that man prized the most, it's like this r- ridiculously expensive horse, beautiful creature, cuts off its head, puts its bloody head in the in the guy's bed, and you know he wakes up, he's like ah 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 it echoes like throughout the, the courtyard, and it's yeah, it's it's the scene that everybody talks about uh but it was kind of, that one was kind of random um i suppose it shows the um sort of viciousness of the of the family and the heartlessness and the the lengths they're they're willing to go you know even though vito is like you know what, what despite what this what this corner says did he say corner i think he said corner despite what this man says we're not murderers you know, so so don't beat this guy, don't beat him to death. Basically, was what he was saying because there there was some kind of hit that he was supposed to make, uh, in the beginning of the movie. Uh, I'm tired, guys. I'm gonna be all over this. I'm, I really should, you know, do this when I've got you know eight hours of sleep and a day off or whatever. But, dang it, um, I I want this episode to go out. The Godfather deserves more, but when I've when I finish this movie. I, I was like, that was incredible, and I had, and my mouth is, you know, my jaw is on the floor with the, the performance of uh, Marlon Brando and uh, Scarface, what's his face, whatever his name is, and Robert Duvall, and they're all amazing, and the story is incredible, and the brutality of this family and the way that they work is ridiculous, and like, otherworldly, like, you, you don't, it's, it's all very unexpected, you know, none of, there's, they're chivalrous, like, I mean, Vito is chivalrous, really, nobody else is, you know, Sonny is uh, a complete firebrand, you know, he's a, he's a loose cannon, and he just flies off the handle all the time, so there's all these, like, really cool things, but I don't, know if I can really talk about this movie because there's so much that I don't know what to talk about and what to focus on and there's not really a through line like I was saying the only real through line that you can kind of pick out as that that's the movie right there is Michael's uh, fall from grace and that's kind of a simple uh thing to talk about just you know if if i was explaining a story to you it would be you know very simple that you know he's a military guy takes his girlfriend to the wedding and then uh he gets sucked into the family's affairs their war and uh, wars and struggles with the other families and the police and whatever and you know Vito gets shot and so michael has to step in and he steps in with a vengeance he's like practically starts off his whole thing with a double murder and because of that double murder has to flee the country goes to italy and he did i Ooh, that's gonna be an edit point before <laughs> i had to look up what they were uh what nationality they were and then I didn't so there's probably a weird edit point in somewhere. But um so he had to go to Italy and he met someone there. And this is it I probably freak my family out because uh if you you, you know if you watch somebody watch sports that when somebody makes a touchdown or, you know, somebody makes a, an amazing shot in basketball or I don't know, Grand Slam and baseball. I never watched baseball. Everybody's like, yeah, cheering and screaming or whatever. I do that with, like, the movie trivia Schmodown and with movies. Uh, so I was watching Godfather very late at night, uh, probably a week and a half ago. And the part where Michael loses his fiancée to a car bomb. She's like, "Come on, you were going to, you know, you're teaching me how to drive. You told you, you you promised me." And he's like, "Oh no." And he he screams her name and the car blows. Just utter destruction. There's no way that she f- survived that. She's dead. I got so mad because She, she was, you know, she's an innocent, like, Italian girl, and Michael was probably gonna, you know, get her into a, like, a terrible life of crime, but they were, they were happy, and he was away from all the crime for a small amount of time, you know, and it it was so beautiful, and she, it just goes up in flames, and, like, It it was just this visceral reaction for me. I started, like, punching my chair and trying not to be too loud. And, like... Because, you know, if everyone was awake, I just would have yelled and screamed and probably run around the house or something. But, man, was I mad at that. Gosh. Uh, Yeah. So that was kind of the most... most reaction that this movie got out of me. um, Other than all of my amazing Vito corleone uh impressions and so there uh there are all these like really subtle things uh in the movie that you can pick out and do video essays on and I've and I watched one video essay on it uh the part where michael commits a double murder where he is he's really thinking about it and the you know the emotional emotional turmoil within him is just building and building and it's and it's symbolized with uh, the like crescendo of a train passing by the restaurant that they're in, and it getting louder and louder and louder and louder, and finally he he snaps, he he makes his decision and kills both of the men that he's having lunch with, uh, which sounds more cold than it. It was it was a strategic thing; he wasn't just killing people willy nilly, but uh, nonetheless, it was a double murder, and it was. Uh, you know, it was a masterful thing of filmmaking, which completely goes over my head. If I hadn't seen the the uh, video essay, I would just would have been, wow, that was really intense scene and uh, really well done. But I wouldn't have known why exactly. I would have just skated over it. And that's why I feel like I have nothing to say about this movie, because it's... it's super skilled and amazing and incredible i can't really say anything bad about it but i don't know what to praise about it just that here's one thing here's another thing the the soundtrack amazing love it i had it on repeat for a couple of days afterwards the like uh actually it was the fiance michael's fiance second fiance by the way his italian fiance this guy gets around uh his Italian fiancé, she has a theme on the soundtrack, so I had her soundtrack like on, on repeat. So yeah, check that out, I guess. So I feel kind of bad that I have nothing to say about like the greatest movie of all time, and at this point we're standing at about 17 minutes of podcasting. So I have this rant that I've been sitting on for a while, uh, and it involves... Podcasts and YouTube channels that talk about movies, and they're trying to be very professional, but they ignore things that they could definitely improve in. That don't take a whole lot of work; they just take a little bit of thought. So, what I mean is, there's this one podcast that I listen to um, in like speech and debate, or in a speech class. They teach you not it, ways to not say um and uh or any other substitute for that like you know or and everything because there's one podcast that I that I listen to that talks about movies I won't say it specifically but if you've heard the podcast you'll know what I'm talking about there's one of the guys on the podcast that ends every other sentence with and, re- and everything and it's really it, it really grated me when I first started listening to the podcast I sort of got used to it which I'm sure is why no one else calls him out on it or and why he doesn't try to fix it himself everyone's just used to it now but little little substitutes for um like you know and 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 everything can be eliminated. You, you don't have to say them. With practice, they get less and less until it's not annoying. Now, in speech class, you also learn that an um it, during a speech can be or, or just a pause. You, you can even just pause instead of saying um. And it, it serves the purpose of the um, which is to give you a, a few seconds or even just a second to gather your thoughts again and it doesn't annoy the people because you're saying um all the time. So that's the, that's the one thing and then another thing is th- the fact that when you're and this is a journalist thing, when you're a journalist you want to get all your facts right uh, straight. And part of the facts are how names are said. So in the movie space we really have this problem where one actor will have kind of a strange name or a strange name to Americans and no one and we can't like come to an agreement on how to say the name. And so one of these, like, for example, there's uh Gal Gadot, which I've talked about before that that really annoys me that some people say Gadot, Gadot, uh, whatever. And then uh what's another example of that? There's uh, Alicia Vikander, there's Viola Davis, some, wait, is it Vi- Vi- Viola or Viola? Now I've forgotten. <laughs> but like at Collider, they have pre-production meetings where this could be a five-minute topic, you know, the, oh, there, there I go, the hosts of the show, all they have to do, and I've seen them in the behind-the-scenes videos where the host of the show is like hey how how is this name said and just uh, the leader campia is just like oh this is how it's said and he didn't do any well he didn't do any research in in the video the point is he said it wrong <laughs> and that that just that really gets to me too it's why just a little bit of time, a little bit of effort. We could get names right. We could get ums and uhs out. And we could, you know, be professionals. Whereas I'm, I'm a kid with a microphone. I'm not professional. I'm, I'm trying to be. You know, I, this is something that I've, I've been working on. I've tried not to say this movie all the time. Instead of saying this movie, you could actually use the name of the movie. You know, Jeremy Johns does that where he says movie about 50 times per video. But it's okay uh, when he does it because you know, he's quick and funny and very expressive using his hands and doing you know, punches and, and gun signs and whatever. And he's, he's a great uh, presenter. Now I'm really self-conscious about the ums and uhs and you know, <laughs> ah, I've dug myself a fantastic hole. But, like I said, I'm not trying to be super professional. I'm just trying to improve and give myself an outlet to talk about movies so that I don't annoy everyone else. And there you go. So I feel kind of bad that this is like a 17 minute podcast about the greatest movie of all time, but I feel like I'm going to watch this movie again and maybe have some more thoughts on it. Like I said, I I think I said before that I sort of lost track of a bunch of the characters and their names while I was watching this movie. And what do you say about something that's just great that you haven't analyzed super deeply? This movie is great in ways that I cannot even fathom. So, in the interest of not having a 17-minute podcast, I have a rant that I've been sitting on for quite a while and that hopefully I can use to fill out a little bit of time. So here we go. Politics in movie uh, punditry. (sighs) There are two biggest sort of proponents of this whole problem proponents to people who do this the most uh that being grace randolph of beyond the trailer and mr john roca on he has collider he has a new podcast on the schmo's network called the outlaw nation and he also has some other podcast he I, <laughs> there are a lot of podcasts like mine i've been really uh realizing this recently his podcast is similar to mine where he like analyzes a classic movie but you know a lot of times I'll do non-classic movies but he'll analyze a classic movie and bring in somebody smart and amazing at critiquing movies to do it with him so yeah uh collaborations are good anyway uh he he loves to bring in politics into his movie punditry Grace Han- Grace Hancock, almost like Grace Hancock, she's a the new girl on, on the Collider uh, whole network. But Grace Randolph, she likes to bring in all of her feminist views into all of her videos. So she'll focus on how the female character was treated, how the writer tr- uh, treated her, how the actress portrayed her how the actress is better than this uh, role, which is, you know, some sort of damsel in distress type of thing. Aren't we past that in 2017? I love how people say that. Maybe I've said this before. I, I love how people say, you know, in 2017, we are so, you know, blank, whatever, implying that we're so modern, and we're so sophisticated, and smart, and advanced, and why is this still happening? Like, okay, in the year 1005, people were saying, aren't we past this? Are we not more advanced and philosophically knowledgeable enough that this shouldn't be a problem anymore? And I'm Get over yourself. This... People have been thinking so highly about themselves just because of the year that we're in since the dawn of time. We... We don't really... As a species, we don't get more tolerant. We don't get more intelligent as a species or as individuals because every... You know, every generation we get new people who have to learn to be good people as they grow up. You know, people aren't just coming back, like respawning and coming back and oh, now all of the past experience from my last life is with me in this life and I'm a better person. No, it doesn't work like that. If we all lived like forever and weren't constantly evolving as individual people then yeah maybe we'd have like all saints and we'd all be saints and we'd all have like this perfect society or whatever or maybe we'd all be wolverine and have been the same person since we were you know uh, a hardened 30 years old but that's that's not what happened so it really annoys the crap out of me when people were like it's 2016 and uh why aren't we past this so anyway she does that crap and uh, and she reviews movies on how they align with her political views. And that just annoys the crap out of me. And I really wonder if it would annoy me as much if I were a feminist. Because feminists seem... Well, the way that Grace seems to approach things. She approaches everything as if everything needs to be, you know, propaganda for her political side. And not everyone, first of all, not everyone agrees with you. And not everyone wants to shove their political views into all of their media. Not everything is propaganda, folks. So yeah, I'll probably come back to her (laughs) uh, in a second. But uh, John Stephen Roca, I love this man. He has so much passion for... Oh, I'm not a big fan of Grace Randolph. Uh, I do... I think the last one that I watched from her was La La Land. So, uh, you know, when you when you don't like somebody, you should unsub and never li- uh, never watch them again, never think about them again, and then you won't be an angry person. But <laughs> sometimes it doesn't happen. There was a Blimey Cow video about that, like last week or two weeks ago i don't remember when it was but it, they just talked about this so wait no that was this week's video i think that was at the end of the video they were very specific about this but anyway i'm sorry <laughs> josh doesn't always happen uh, i'm trying to be a better person but grace uh does this and okay so john stephen roca i'm gonna start over he is so passionate about movies and I love it and you know he's a fellow Hispanic so there's some kind of brotherly something going on there even though I I I'm so white guys like if <laughs> I'm a very white middle class kid who just happens to eat a lot of Mexican food and I know some Spanish and I look Mexican but also in my new job everyone's been telling me that I look... Middle Eastern, Italian, Native American, India from Indian from India, Indian uh, mixed with black and something else, maybe just all these ridiculous like not ridiculous, but all of these far-fetched everywhere uh, races. But I'm not I'm not very Mexican. So even that doesn't help you, Roca. And so the (laughs) get back on track the thing that roca brings in all the time is not feminism it's uh racial tolerance uh, anti-racism if somebody is latino in a film then that film gets an uptick like it, it, it automatically gets a boost in his book And if somebody is Latino in the original source material, but they changed it for the movie, then it gets, you know, a downvote. It gets uh, knocked down a peg in his book. (sighs) Or even it, it sometimes extends to Japanese things like the, or just other races in general, like in specifically the Japanese thing where, uh, Whatever her name was in Ghost in the Shell was supposed to be Japanese, but she was played by Scarlett Johansson, who would, who is actually not uh, Japanese. But it usually revolves around Mexicans, and then he also he also identifies as an alpha male, which I don't know if you can actually say that about yourself and continue to be an alpha male alpha males are all about action as far as I can tell I'm not an alpha male I'm a beta at best wow that's (laughs) that's like a Reliant K album Uh, coming out in 2018 beta at best but so I don't know how all of that works exactly but seeing Roka I don't I I see a tough guy and a guy who wants to be a tough guy but really has a lot of sensitivity he's just really passionate so I don't know if that really translates into alpha male, and if you're going around saying you're an alpha male, I am not buying it. But he brings it, this stuff in in order to he because alpha males, in his sort of line of thinking, get a boost as well, just like Hispanics. So if you get a Hispanic alpha male, you've you've got a best picture winner on your hands, as far as Roke is concerned. And I, I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit but all of all of that that he brings in that it has nothing to do with the quality of the movie feminism and your feminist agenda and how much a movie aligns with your feminist agenda has nothing to do with the quality of the movie how much hispanics are celebrated in a movie has nothing to do with the quality of the movie so and whether or not you know, it's something is whitewashed has nothing to do with the quality of the movie. If you want to have a discussion about how whitewashing or uh, sexism in movies has an effect on the general psyche of our society, we can have that discussion. But let's not have that discussion about, you know, every movie all the time. Because as... Hollywood is a business and businesses are amoral. This is it goes into all the time. Businesses are that's on collider by the way. Businesses are amoral. They want to make money. Whatever makes money is what they're going to do. So the things that Hollywood does is are, are reflected reflective of us more than they affect us. I mean really it's a it's a circular thing that, you know, We feed into Hollywood. Hollywood feeds us back. But it's... So it's both. It reflects us and it affects us back. So you can't just blame Hollywood for having some kind of agenda. Uh, Hollywood doesn't really have an agenda. Individual people have agendas, but one person is not making a movie all by themselves. Even when you have... A movie that has a singular vision—it's the it, one person is not making all the decisions. The producers, the directors, everybody has an effect on the movie. So you can't, unless they all have the same agenda, it's not that agenda is not going to one agenda is not going to come through, and that rarely happens. So Hollywood is not. Of one mind and so you can't really say that they have an agenda so that's it politics in in movie discussions really I think should be kept to a minimum uh, at least don't bring it up all the time and don't make it your main focus it carves out a niche 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 for yourself but oh my gosh does it get tiring please stop okay I have successfully treaded water now and i've gotten (laughs) i've had an excuse to get out this rant and there you go again i apologize that i have not uploaded an episode in a while uh really it's (laughs) i'm really only hurting myself because the last two couple of episodes not counting there's a couple of episodes that have been very popular recently and I've definitely lost all the momentum from those but yeah like I was saying before if you want to be a part of the show and talk about some Princess Bride with me you I guess you have a couple more days to do that I probably won't record that episode until later in the week so you have a couple of days still to squeeze in a little recording and upload it to the drive so if you want to do that that's great at bargain bin movie pod you can find the link there maybe i'll 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 put it in my bio can i do that i think i could do that and at game of the box on twitter if you want to follow me specifically slash game of the box on facebook and if you're a fan of blimey cow become a patron because we have this amazing community and you know what is it like three dollars a month to become a patron and i've made so many amazing friends through this thing and it's fabulous so if you've never heard of blimey cow check them out if you are a fan of blimey cow check out their patreon that's it thank you so much for listening and goodbye